Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is Chad, and you're here for another episode of Zick and Wick. Thank you for joining us. You're here for the yep. finale. Yeah, might be the last episode we do for a little while. Probably. I yeah. Unless we decide to cover something else. Yeah, probably going to be Ahsoka or something, the next thing we even think oh, about. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I would be down to do Ahsoka, so. Yeah, that'd be in August, so. Yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting. Well, this is Chapter 24 of The Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 8, and the name of the episode is The Return, which is in reference to The Return to Mandalore. Yeah, I was a little excited when I first saw the the, the title screen. I'm like, The Return. Because they, I don't know if you noticed, when they when that first comes out on Disney+, Plus, they don't put the name. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. I kind of was confused by that, yeah. They've done that all season, like they don't because they they want you to come into it fresh without like it being a spoiler spoilery at all. So when they showed the return, I'm like, "What are we talking return of? Who's returning?" Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we find by the very end that that it's just the the Mandalorians returning to Mandalore. But yeah, I was excited by the 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 the, the potential. Yes, mm-hmm. got me got me excited off the bat. I so one thing I did notice immediately was i forget where i see i saw it maybe like on disney plus they changed the graphic to somebody holding the dark saber so the the typical image i think is mando flying with baby yoda in his arms right it's the but same as the poster for season three is it somebody holding the dark saber uh no that that i didn't i didn't notice that was on the day it came out or that's now that, that was this week Sometime this week. Hmm. It's not everywhere, but it's in some places. I forget. It's like a placeholder type thing. Right. So they are, like we talked, it looks like they're pivoting from a Din Djarin-focused story to maybe Book 10 is the the main character now. Well, I've got some things to say about that once we get to the end. So. Or it's, I, I shouldn't say things to say. I should say predictions. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Nothing bad. Nothing bad. Just, uh, I, I, I kind of feel like they told us what they're going to do at the end without saying this is what we're going to do, but mm-hmm. yeah. So you want me to get into the recap? Yeah, let's just do the recap. All right. So we start right, right where the last chapter ended, right with Bo leading the Mandos out of Moff Gideon's fortress on Mandalore. Next thing we cut to is Din, who's who's captured. He's he only has the two Imperial Mandalorian troopers like walking him out, and even wrapped, even tied up. That he takes him out no problem. And even at the end, he I think he, one of them has like a blaster at his head. But Grogu comes in with his IG twelve mech droid and and basically just takes the the trooper out. So that goes really quickly. Din's free for the for the rest of the episode. So that's resolved very quickly. I did like the touch of Baby Yoda using IG-11's back to spray at the end. That was a callback to the the first season finale when IG-11 uses it, actually uses the back to spray to heal Din when he has his helmet off. So that was a fun little callback. We then, so the next thing is we cut to another, a different Imperial Mandalorian trooper going to Gideon, telling him that the, the TIE interceptors have launched, but he specifically leaves out that Din and Grogu have escaped. Um, Gideon already knows that they just wait what what are you calling these imperials you're calling them i've i've seen a couple different 
names. I've called him. I've seen Imperial Trooper Troopers. I've seen Imperial Commandos. I've seen Imperial Mandalorian Troopers. I've seen Mando Troopers. I've seen. I don't know if there is an official name. I haven't seen a toy yet. So usually okay. that's where you get the official no- name. So probably by Comic Con we'll probably have an official name. There'll probably be some like some some toy that comes out then that will have an official name for it. Okay. If I if I if I went back and looked, they did. I should have done this. Rebels, they had these same. They were Imperial Mandalorians that had jetpacks. I can't remember exactly what they called them, but uh, yeah, that's. I mean, they're Imperial Mandos is basically what they are. But we but don't know. Who's, not actually Mandalorians in there. We we don't know. They could be. They could because there were quite a few Mandalorians that converted to the Empire, so they could yeah. be. It could be them. Yeah, that was established in Rebels. There was a lot of Mandalorians that switched over to the Empire. So it could be, but it could just be stormtroopers. It could be, it could be clones of a certain somebody that we find out later. But uh, we we don't know who's under the suits right now. Uh, I did like when Gideon's uh, tracking and Grogu. The I don't know if you noticed on this command screen, Din was a big red dot and Grogu was following him. He was a little green dot. As there is almost like a little Pac-Man maze, but I do. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. So then the next next thing we get is Din. He touches base with R5 to get him the schematics of the base, Uh, and then R5 does his best impersonation of R, kind of a combination of R2D2 from A New Hope and from the prequels, where he's using his like flying like flying jetpack legs, but then uses his little uh, his little USB port to get get Din all the info he needs. The next thing we go to is Axe Woes and is using his jetpack to fly up to the ships, basically to tell them all that the TIE Interceptors are coming. Um, but his plan is to stay behind. Almost seems like he's going to sacrifice himself as uh, he's going to fly the Imperial capital ship as all the smaller ships escape. Also, he tells all the smaller ships to go to the surface to help Bo, but he's going to keep the big ship up there as a decoy. That was the really the first really cool action scene. I thought was all the Mandalorians like running through the hallway and then engaging their uh, their jetpacks to fly out into space, out into the other gauntlets. I I thought that was kind of like a that was the first real. Like, there was a lot of cool action scenes in this episode. And that was just yeah. one of the first ones. That's my one real comment for 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 this episode, is that there aren't a whole lot of twists and turns. It's played mm-hmm. very straight, but. Yeah. The action's good. I I don't know if that's enough to to elevate this story to like or this episode to greatness, but yep. it was definitely fun to watch. But honestly, like I I was expecting a little bit more twists. There are a couple yeah. that we, we haven't gotten to yet, but we'll, yeah, I know. mean I'm kind of get kind of jumping ahead, but I this was my I think I think this was the best action of the entire series. I I think it had some of the best action yes. scenes of any episode. Def- Definitely. But I think it was, but I think it was the weakest season finale out of the three so far. It almost feels like they may have written four episodes that were specifically getting to this point, and then yeah. Rick worked on those critical episodes, and yeah. then they just kind of put everyone to the side while they were working on like and worked on these like the actual lore episodes concurrently with like right. the, the filler episodes. That's right. just me speculating. Well, I think to me, I'll get, the, I'll get to my final thoughts after we get through the, yeah, the, let's the just recap. do the recap. Yeah. Let's do the recap. Yeah. I'll get through the recap, but I've got lots. I've got thoughts through that about that as well. 
So then, then after we get the the Mandalorians escaping the the big going down to the surface or getting ready to go down to the surface, we go back to Din and we get to the red laser gates that we saw Gideon walking through in the previous episode, and then it just goes into like full video game mode. It's basically Din telling R five when to open the next gates. He's going to go to the next level of bad guys. He doesn't have any weapons. He's taking them out as he goes and stealing their weapons. It's basically just kind of a a video game as he goes. It was still, I didn't, I didn't love how video game it felt, but it was nice to see Din actually kicking some butt for once. Like this whole season, he really hasn't done much of that. Yeah. Uh, Like, I mean, we've talked about, it's really kind of become Bo's show. So it was nice to see that he still has that in him, that he can still fight when he needs to. This was definitely the most active Din has been in the entire season, it felt like. Yep, definitely. So he gets through all his, all his, the guys he needs to fight, gets through all the gates. We cut back to R5. He's, he's getting attacked by some mouse droids. The scene was kind of ridiculous, but it was still, I don't know, it was kind of funny for like throwback to, to New Hope. Next we get, so Din gets through and we get the big reveal that we don't see Gideon yet, but it's a big like row of tanks with clones in it. And we get to reveal that it's Gideon, Gideon clones. So it's Gideon cloning himself. Uh, so you could like, oh, this is kind of an interesting way to go. But then Din quickly kills them all. So it's like, it's a little bit of anticlimactic where you think the story might go. And it's like, nope, we're not going there. We're just going to kill all this these reminded me of This reminded me of Civil War. Do you remember Civil War? Yeah. Yeah. What happens bit. towards the end? Okay, so what oh, happens yeah, towards the yeah, end is they have yeah. all the other soldiers, super soldiers, in tanks, and they basically flush them just like they did with the Gideon clones. Like, and they just yeah, you kind think, of you... clear the scene immediately. Yep, you think Zemo's going to use them all, and nope, he's the opposite. He takes them all out. Yep. yep. So we get we get through the we get through that kind of the anticlimactic part of the storyline, and we go back to Bo's group. Um, he's she's back with the pirate mandos who take her to one of their camps and we see that uh, the camp basically just has plant life grown everywhere so apparently mandalore has no issues growing things as long as nobody's bombing it or there's no civil wars or, or anybody basically doing anything to damage the planet so i think that was a little bit of a a tell on our own situation but that's kind of so if you stop if you st- stop destroying stuff, maybe stuff will actually grow back. That's kind of what I took away from that scene. So then we're followed by then we get back to the next thing we see is that in there when they're in like the garden area, we hear she she starts to get a message coming in that all the smaller ships that left Axe Woves are back out to the, down to the surface to help them fight. So they all turn on the jetpacks and fly fly back towards the base with that. The, then we kind of get into some of the like the heavy like them flying into the base to me there was a little too much like uh computer animated like action in there it was almost felt like again like a video game like the uh, like bow flying around with the dark saber and and having melee combat in air and the the armor <laughs> with the with her big hammer i mean it look it looks cool but it doesn't it doesn't feel very realistic at all well like, still... I, I feel like the look didn't bother me too much, but I didn't really feel like there was. I'm not going to complain, but I did not feel like there was a chance that any of these guys were going to lose. 
Yeah, that's I maybe that's a better way to put it. I thought it looked great. Like it looked it looks really cool. I just the stakes feel low. Like they don't feel like anything but don't feel like anything's really gonna happen. Yeah. I, I think that part was the weakest of the of the of the fight. Yeah. Now one thing I will say about this episode, I do think they did a good job. This was probably the best in the season they've done jumping from like the different storylines, the A storyline, the B storyline, like the different groups of characters. Mm-hmm. It's probably had to do with they're all kind of on the same mission. They're all in the same area. So it didn't feel, but like there's other like other episodes throughout the season just felt really like the, cl- the cutting between different story storylines felt really clunky. It didn't feel that way at all in this, which was, which was good. So it definitely so felt like they were put all their effort into this, this final episode. Yes. Yeah. So then we cut back to Mando and Grogu. They finally confront Gideon. He tells him about his master plan to create four sensitive clones of himself and put them in the Mando trooper armor, basically to have an unstoppable army. So out of everything, I, wait, we... this part confused me. Yeah. I get it, but remember when they were kicking Grogu Grogu's blood in the first season? Right. Is right. that how they're getting the Force ability into? That... So if you go, I can't remember if it was this episode or the previous episode, one of the Gideons talks, I think it was the previous episode, talks about how he wants to combine the best parts of Mandalorians, Jedis, cloners, to basically become, like, create something unstoppable. So yes, yes. that's exactly what it is. It, it was, he was taking Grogu's blood to extract the Force sensitivity out of him. But I was wondering if they explicitly said how they were going to imbue these clones with the ability to use the Force. They do you remember the episode with Pershing, the one on Coruscant? Yes. He makes a big like that. His first speech, that's what he talks about, is taking different parts of different people, species, whatever, and combining their combining their genetics to make a super whatever that you want to make. That's I mean, that, that's what it's leading back to. That's what it's I mean. About. I believe you, and I get it. But I, the the point I'm getting at is, well, the thing I'm trying to call out is, they didn't want to say anything about midichlorians. Midi- oh yeah, they're they're never using that word. They no. Well, they did use the word back in season one. They didn't say midichlorians, but they did say M count. Okay. That, I think that's the closest they'll ever get again. I don't think they're ever bringing up the midi chlorian word again. I think okay, they too don't, many people they don't, hate it. Yep, they don't need they don't need to say it for me. But there is that push pull of the Ryan Johnson world or view of force sensitive people versus everybody else, right? And right. and and it, I'm. Part of me always will think about the M word when we switch back to the other view. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't, I, I would, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't be surprised. I would almost guarantee it's going to come up again at some point because they're still working on explaining Palpatine. So it's going to come up again. They just didn't, they didn't happen to use it in this episode at all, but they very well could have. They could have, he could have put it in there somehow. I thought um, they were going to, I thought Palpatine clones were going to be in. In here, I think the answer or the reveal that we got is satisfactory, but I guess they're saving some for later. Yeah, and we also don't know. It also does make it interesting that 
it seems like Gideon figured it out. Like he figured out how to make force sensitive clones and by wiping Pershing's mind and now all those clones are gone, all that research is gone. And now it's like, I mean, how, how quick Palpatine could have come back quicker and stronger without all that crazy stuff that happened in the force away or in the, the last or the rise of Skywalker. Okay. When's the last time we saw Pershing? We saw him. We haven't seen him since he got his mind wiped. So that was like episode four or five. Okay. So some, I thought he, we were going to bring him back. It's not necessary to bring him back, but that's something that a loose end that we could come back to in a future season. Yeah. If he, if he still has his memories, who knows? He may be, he may be done for good. Like that may be the, that may be part of the story is that he's by wiping him, they've lost that research. So now, once he's done telling his plan, we get into the final boss fight. And then we also learn that his armor isn't just armor, it's also a mech suit, too. Like, it basically gives him super strength, because you kind of hear all the robotics going when he's moving around. Oh, I did not uh, get that the first time. Yeah, yeah. So he's, that's why he's able to, like, stop, grow, or stop Din as he's flying with his jetpack. He basically just catches him. But you can hear, like, the, the, the mechanized sounds coming out of his suit. So he's fighting them for a little bit, and then we get the Praetorian guards coming out. I thought they had a pretty cool entrance. They start to basically beat down Din, but Grogu comes out to distract him and, and leads him away. It leads him into the room where Gideon met the Shadow Council in the last episode. And then we see he, they quickly like take out the IG-12 suit, and then Grogu does just a bunch of like Yoda force jumps around the top rails just to kind of keep him busy. It almost seems like he's just kind of having fun. Um, with them, but I think he, he's just kind of buying time. So Din is pretty much getting his ass kicked at this point. Bo sees that from a distance. She flies down to come to help him out. So she starts. She kind of knocks him, ba- knocks Gideon back. She tells him to go help help Grogu. Bo brings out the dark saber. Then Gideon brings out his kind of. He, he has like a Beskar electro staff that he uses for the rest of the fight. So we get the cool reveal of a new toy to to buy. Then, so Din, Din leaves. He shows up just in time to help out Grogu. They pretty much just tag team the Praetorian guards at that point. Din is shooting and, and, fight, and melee fighting them. Grogu's using the force to push them around to take their weapons away. And they, they take them out pretty, pretty easily, the two of them. After the, as they're taking him out, they cut back to Bo. She's not doing great against Gideon. She's kind of getting it handed to her. But as this is going on, we're, we learn that Axe is planning to crash the big Imperial ship into the base. So they're kind of on a, a ticking clock at this point. But the big thing is, is as Bo and Gideon are fighting, Gideon catches Bo's hand and crushes the Darksaber in her hand. Mm-hmm. So the Darksaber is gone. It's, it, it's busted. It's not working anymore. Uh, it's kind of an interesting... You said there weren't many twists in the episode. I didn't see that one coming. That was, I did uh, not see that one coming either. It, yeah. it It is a nice calling into question or kind of just changing this obsession with having, possessing the Darksaber and ruling Mandalore via the Darksaber, which is useful for the future. And I, I think it's a nice, I'll talk about it. it. It was something I didn't learn until I watched a different recap video about the rules changing or about being able to change about being able to adapt and modify your rules. There's another, I bet I know you didn't catch it cause I definitely didn't catch it. I'll tell you about it when we get there. 
So after the during the fight, we see the the ship crashing into the base. Grogu, Din, and Bo at this point are fighting together. They're able to kind of push Gideon back enough, uh, basically into the explosion, and he air quote dies. Yeah, we um, don't. He's he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying it. I mean, we haven't seen Phasma come back yet, but who knows? I mean, I don't think she's dead either. I don't. I don't think anybody in Star Wars is dead. Like they're just. Well, they haven't established a... another big bad. So until yeah. they establish a new one, besides, Thrawn, we don't know yeah. if they're going to do Thrawn. Until they establish a new one, they still need Moff Gideon. Yeah, I've got another thing. I'll talk about that here in a sec. Kind of in the predictions for the future questions. So while everything's coming down, while Moff Gideon kind of dies in the crash explosion. Grogu's using like a, a force bubble to kind of to protect him and Din and Bo, pretty much the same as he did in the episode one finale. So another callback to episode one there. So that's pretty much the end of the fight. At that, it's, then we just kind of go to a lot of wrap up. Like it's yeah. basically like wrapping up all storylines. To me, the next part almost made until I read, like I had to go back and read that John Favreau had written season four and that it's ready to go. This almost felt like they were ending the show to me like this, oh. the, how, how the next 10 minutes went down. Yeah. Um, it so, felt like it, they could have ended it off, but you said he, season four is already written. You just glossed yeah, over so, that real quick. Yeah. The Favreau, it was an interview during celebration that he said episode season four is already written and ready to go. So it's they they haven't started shooting yet, but it, it's ready to be shot. So the next, the first kind of wrap up scene we see is we go to the Mandalorians, all of them in the mines of Mandalore. They're having the uh, ceremony to baptize to finish Ragnar Vizsla's uh, baptism in the living waters. And this was one thing I didn't catch. This is the thing I was talking about. I didn't I didn't catch either time I saw it, but I saw it in a recap video in the creed that he's taking. When he says it the first time, they have a line about never removing the helmet. Mm-hmm. That line, that line isn't in there anymore. That line. Oh. So that was again like about changing and modifying the rules. Uh, the dark saber's gone. They got to modify that rule. Seems like the 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 children of the watch are changing their ways. That they're going to let them start taking helmets off. Well, um, so speaking that, of taking helmets off, our boy Din. Yeah. Yeah, I had that in my wrap up stuff. I was pretty disappointed. I can't believe he didn't. We didn't see him. Like, was he just? I, maybe he was. He just was too never busy on, on set. He was yeah, never he was just, on set. He was just too busy in The Last of Us that he was never there. He was. Ne- is, he. Um, that I mean, that would align with them elevating the other two stunt actors right. and stand-ins to have a credit because Pedro was never physically yeah. present on set. Which is a bummer. I mean, I like I, I wish they could have at least got him for the finale or something. Like, keep kind of keep the tradition alive. Mm-hmm. Like, show his face at least once a season. But yeah, yeah. I, I was I was pretty disappointed by that. At least Bo Katan had her her mask taken off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I want to I want to see Pedro. I wanted to see. Yeah, but maybe maybe we'll get it in season four. Hopefully they're taking all their dang helmets off. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. It's, I mean, the rule seems to be gone. So based on that little bit, that little missing line. So while we're in the the mines of Mandalore, we get a nice scene of Din like officially adopting Grogu, and then the the armorer says something to Din, 
which I'm like, okay, this is setting up season four, is that they have to go on their adventures together. So to me, it, it feels like we're going to get back to more like season one, like the adventures of, of Din and Grogu, much less. This, this season was something you said earlier about they had four, four episodes written, but the rest almost felt like they had to like, the, the rest felt like world building towards whatever Dave Filoni's movie is, towards whatever Ahsoka is, towards whatever Tinkru is. Like just it, it all just felt like world building. Like it, it was kind of done clunky and not not the greatest way. But to me, this was telling the audience season four is going to be back to what we're going to be done with all that, all this, all the world building, all the mythology building. We're going to be back to what you guys signed up for in the first place. But what does that mean? Does that mean season one Mando? Does that mean season two Mando? What is that going to look like? I don't know. I think it's. I think it's more going to be season one Mando, but season one That's Mando, it, but plus his his character growth that he's gone through. Yeah. So, do they spin off Bo Katan and what's happening in on, on Mandalore, or is that going to be intertwined with the adventures of Din Jaren and Din Grogu? That's essentially what they did with Book of Boba Fett. They just took they took that side kind of thing and spun it off. I mean, I've I've heard no like rumors or no announcements about just a Mandalorian TV show without Din and Grogu. But I don't yeah, I don't know. But the other thing they did kind of tease in that last little scene was Grogu touching the water and kind of force communicating with the the mythosaur. Sure. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's like, oh man, is is Grogu gonna have some kind of connection to the Mythosaur now too? Is he gonna is he gonna be the one that uses the Force to ride him? Who know, like who knows there? I mean, I I'm curious what we, what they do because I I, yeah. I thought it was gonna be heavy lore defend. Well, I didn't think they were gonna capture Mandalore or retake Mandalore that easily, right? Right. And I thought it was going to get more complicated, but it looks like they're going to simplify the story. Yeah. So after that little scene, then we go to the all the all the Mandalorians uh, gathered around the forge. The armor hands bow the, the torch to relight the forge, and basically at this point, this is like the happy ending. Mandalore is reunited, at least for now. Everybody's kind of together and on the same page. They never, they probably won't stay that way, but for now, they're at least kind of a happy ending. Then we get kind of continuing the happy ending stuff. We go to Din flying to the New Republic outpost to visit Carson Teva at the same bar that Carson was at previously where he saw Zeb. Din tells him that he wants to work for the New Republic as an independent contractor to hunt down Imperial remnants in the Outer Rim. So to me, again, that's setting up whatever season four is going to be. It's him hunting down old ex-Imperials in the Outer Rim. Okay. So it's... So maybe so that'll think, bring that that'll allow them to bring back in Moff Gideon if he's still alive. Right. But they do have a little tease. All he wants is a down payment. There's an old IG droids head hanging up above the bar. He wants the IG droids head. So we're kind of just going for full circle on the whole season. He finally has his what he was trying to get in the first first episode all along. So Din flies back to Navarro. He gets the key to his new cottage, and he presents Grief Cargo with the rebuilt IG-11 um, and presents him as the new marshal of, of Navarro. So it really was kind of 
it was done clunky, but it was full circle from the season premiere of kind of where we thought the season would go a little more. And we, we ended up ending where where everybody kind of predicted it would be in the end. And then the very closing scene, we have Din just sitting outside his new house with Grogu. This would have been a per with Grogu just playing with a frog with the force like he does when he's with Luke in Book of Boba Fett. This would have been a perfect ep- like scene for Din to just pop that helmet off, put it right next to him. Yeah. Like it would have been <laughs> such that would have added so much more to the ending to me. But I don't know. But Pedro wasn't there. But Pedro, Pedro wasn't, wasn't av- there. Pedro wasn't available, so he was in um, Canada. Yeah. So I mean just the end, like the last ten minutes was just like to me, it didn't really feel like a series finale because it set up a lot. It set up a lot of questions, but it didn't leave any cliffhangers. That's yeah. That's that's what I didn't like. I I I like having cliffhangers between seasons. It left some. It left some questions. It almost felt like a a season of a brand new show that is they've written the whole season. They don't know if they're going to get a second season. So they yep. want to have a bow. They want to have a bow wrapped up on it, but there's the potential to do another season. That's what it felt like, but which, which makes no sense for a something that's in season three that already has a season four written. So as it was, I, I, I was, totally agree. It feels like the end of the first season of a new show. Yeah, I, I was fine with how it ended. I just was my expectations were higher. Like it didn't meet my expectations for what I wanted out of this season, out of to kind of to where, where the ending point was going into, like we talked about last week, are we going to get any setup for Ahsoka? We had no setup for Ahsoka. We had no setup for anything. It yeah. Was just... I mean, I, I, so I think the show needs to manage our expectations properly, appropriately. That's my issue with it. But as far as this, like, if I was just to judge this episode on its own, it it was good. Yeah. But the problem is there's so much potential for more. Right. And also I the show hasn't defined itself enough where we know yeah. what type of show it is. It keeps yeah. changing. So, I mean, I I am not going to get upset about it, but and I I will appreciate the episode for what it was. But I, I, I'm not surprised to see the numbers on audience, like on viewership being a little little shaky. Yeah. I, I think this episode had some of the some of the best action of the entire series. It was some of my it was the best like popcorn visual eye candy episode to watch so far. I totally agree. Was- I actually the the action in this in the show hasn't has been okay at best. The the sequences have not been very challenging or very complex. It doesn't feel like they've had to overcome too much. In this episode, there there was good action and there was many different there were components to it. There were sequences. It wasn't just like a you know, it wasn't easily resolved. I I didn't really think anyone's gonna die or anyone was at yeah. risk, but it still felt and looked cool. And there were yeah. you know, there was rise and fall. I, I wonder if they just kinda use this season i don't know if the season or this finale is almost like a reset button like this is what 
we've we've done all the big stuff, all the all the world building, all the Mandalorian lore. Okay, here's like reset. Let's get back to what we started the started the show with. But we won't know we won't know that till season four. But that's that's kind of what it felt like. So, so my big kind of question. This was one of my questions that came up. Otherwise, that we talked about was. It's kind of a two, three-part question. What we talked about is Gideon really dead. But we also saw a bunch of clones of Gideon. Was the guy fighting in the mech suit just a clone of Gideon? Is real Gideon Gideon out there somewhere? And he's like, uh, this is a test run for for this clone to see how he does. I've already got what I need. That's, Potentially. That's one, yeah, that's that's one theory. That's one way I think they could get Giancarlo back. I mean, he's. I think his acting is great. Like he's. I think he's. He's still an he's, awesome he's bad do, guy. Like, he's doing his best. Like he's. What with what they're giving him, right? This is the best you can get. Yep. So. And, the the one thing though, this show has never. Has never been that complicated. I don't think they're gonna do something super complicated. Yeah, I guess they could I, just say like, "Oh, that wasn't the real one. Here's here's the real one," which wouldn't be that complicated. But right, they could the 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 easiest answer would be he wasn't dead. The fire went around him. He's in yeah. the super armor. Someone went and retrieved his body later on. Right, I I just we still like cloning is still going to be a thing because of. Palpatine of trying to explain episode nine. So it's, it's going to come up again. So I, I could see that being kind of a side story at some point. Uh, but yeah, we, we've still got kind of these loose, not cliffhangers, but loose threads. So we've got the, the spy from like, so we, for episode seven, for or the, the second to last episode named the spies, mm-hmm. there was really only one spy. It was the, it's the chick on Coruscant. There's really like, it was Eli kind of Kane, weird... yeah. So why Eli, would they? Even... Yeah. We already know she's a spy, right? Did we already establish that? Yeah. So it's that was a little weird to me. So if you've got the loose storyline with her. Like, what what's her deal? Is Pershing is his mind really wiped out? What's going on there? We've got what's going to happen with the. To me, the the ending of the him going to see Carson Teva at the base. That was like. That was almost like they were writing for Rangers of the Rangers of the New Republic. Like it almost felt like that kind of tied into what that show was going to be. But now that show doesn't exist. So what are they going to do with that? Is it just going to play into Mando being an independent contractor for them, or is there more to that? But yeah, it's. I had a hard time finding like questions for this because the episode was so straightforward and wrapped up mm-hmm. in such a nice bow. So. Yeah. yeah, I think you, I think you, I think you kind of nailed it in the on the head. It's it was a good episode, but there was so much more potential for different storylines to go different ways that it's like that's kind of the disappointing part. Yeah, this is sci-fi. This is fantasy. We like depth and complexity. This was a little bit too straight, but yeah, yeah I'm not gonna harp on it. Enjoy the show for what it is. It's just hard to devote so much 
brain power and right. <laughs> to something that's just oh it's this on the surface which i mean yeah. it's fine it's just it's not going to be one of those shows it doesn't feel like yeah i'll give you i'll give you a, just a quick side examples sarah and i she's never seen inception before so we've mm-hmm. been watching it the last we watched it over the last couple of nights and you know the last scene he twists his little totem top yeah and, and we don't see if it goes down or not so that's the kind of stuff like that's that's the kind of stuff that you want to talk about it's like did it fall? Did it not fall? Like, wh- if he's still in a dream, where, what, which dream is he in? When did the dream start? Is the whole movie a dream? It's like it's you get into that kind of like down the. You want to be able to go down a rabbit hole, and you can't really go down a rabbit hole with this this kind of ending. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like that's what the show wants to be, which is fine. But there's only so much that we can discuss on a podcast. <laughs> that's right. But we still we were still able to go almost forty minutes, so yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. All right, folks. Well, that's it for this season of the Mandalorian, and potentially, will be the last episode of Zick and Wake you'll here for some time. So, check the social medias. Email us if you have any questions. We will try and update you. In advance. Or if there's any, if there's anything you want us to talk about, let us know. And if it's interesting enough, we'll. If there's a movie, I don't know. There's a couple Marvel movies coming out this summer. Could mm-hmm. could chat about those. Got Guardians uh, of the Galaxy could, coming out in a week. We, we could do a post post Comic Con type thing. Oh, Zach and I will be at Comic Con this summer, July, twenty twenty three, San Diego. We'll be there. We'll so be there. one of the and one of the dudes will be dressed will be dressed in Narkina Five jumpsuits. So yes, yeah, so look for two dudes in Narkina Five prison suits. <laughs> I bought mine. I'm getting there. So if you're going to San Diego, come, come find us. I. Yes, we'll buy you a beer, or you'll you'll buy us a beer. Bye. We'll buy each other yeah. beers. There we go. All right. So once again, thank you all for joining us. And until next time, may the force be with you. Bye.